0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney. And I can't remember who's joining me today.
1: Who are you guys?
2: What you did there?
1: <laughs> Who are you people? Who am I? Who am I?
2: But you remembered your job.
0: Wait, I am the captain. <laughs> I command this ship. I'm Captain Chase, and I command this ship. I'm Captain Chase, and I command this ship. <laughs> I'm Captain Chase, and I command this ship. How are you guys doing? How are you doing, Commander Eric and Lieutenant
1: Commander David? Maybe. I might need a data pad for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man. We're putting cover sheets on all our new data pads, by the way.
2: What?
3: <laughs>
0: Yeah man. Yeah.
2: Speaking speaking of pads, right? Oh, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> no, no. It's just like what have we been doing this week? Uh so Raquel, she was like I she was on she calls it book talk. I don't know if that's the real name for it or if that's okay. what it's actually called, or she just made that up, but like TikTok where they talk about like books and stuff. She's like yeah. we should buy we should buy Kindles, e readers, so we can just oh we can God. read more, right? Okay. So that way we can have books. So she bought it. We she bought us each these little Kindles, right? And they're they literally they feel like Star Trek pads. You know the pads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, cause they're like tiny. It's like I'm here. I am on my little e-reader pad. Yeah, man. That's a little tiny thing here, and this is how you know it's mine, right? Ooh, look at that. All of my stuff has the Star Trek stickers on it. My computer, my work computer, my work water bottle, now my pad.
0: What about your A pad with a
2: d, right? Two d's.
0: What about your headphones? Do your headphones have a Star Trek sticker on?
2: No. Oh, you have failed me for the last time. Oh, I know, but got a cool I got a Star Trek pad. It literally feels like it. a Star Trek pad. I love these, it. There's these little Kindle e-reader things. I love it.
1: Lord, you know, I I heard a long time I thought about getting one of those and I and every time I was like I'm going to get it and I never did. And then I thought they just went away, but they are still out there, aren't they?
0: They well, are.
2: And yeah, they're still yeah. out there. And you can you can download your Audible things to this, right? And, and maybe, you, there's no headphone jack, so you have to like play it through like Bluetooth, but that's that's fine.
1: There's no headphone Isn't... jack?
2: There's no headphone jack. No. I come on <laughs> you gotta play it through Bluetooth but you can download your audible stuff on here
0: so is I know like with audible like there's the um the option to buy like the Kindle like I think it's like a whisper sync I think is what it's called where like the page I don't know how it works but I think like the page scrolls oh, as, as the audiobook is playing
2: Oh, okay that's neat
0: yeah nice you should investigate and see if see how well that works commander you should just saying just yeah. see a
1: report on that it's
0: like, later
2: it's like I, I really think these things were inspired by star trek though i really a do. lot
0: of things oh, were yeah. oh That's yeah sure. the ipad for one yeah was <laughs> i mean google gla- glass is that what it was called google glasses i don't know it was like but it looked like the thing that like cisco was wearing at yeah. one point you know what i'm saying
2: yeah Didn't we
0: do, like, a Tech of the Future episode at one point? We
2: did, we did, yeah. We need to
0: do, like, part two in the nearish, some point future.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Well, what um, besides Eric, you know, you getting a Kindle and, you know, having an IDIC sticker on it and, you know, marking all your stuff with Star Trek swag, uh, what else have y'all been up to?
1: I've been working all week. I took this week off this. This is my the first week of July is always project week for me, nice. at least it has been historically for the past maybe four or five years. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I put in a, a paver patio extension at the house, uh, build a little shed. I'm going to be doing uh, gravel for our sort of parking lot ish area, in the mm. back of our house tomorrow uh got a ton of wedding stuff done i met with a lovely old lady who is going to be her and her other old lady partner are going to be playing music at the wedding for the whole uh uh the actual ceremony and the cocktail hour uh they're going to be playing music and it's going to be fun there's a mix of classical and not so classical stuff so it, it it was interesting nice. listening to her she's she's done a lot of stuff it was it was kind of fun but uh yeah it, it's just been pretty much non non-stop this week i am very tired <laughs> my my body hurts yeah <laughs> it's, it's it, it, <laughs> and then i get to go to work next week which will be even funner so
0: Ooh, ooh, yeah yeah i i uh I'm on vacation too, by the way, because uh, my wife is on a girls' trip um, at right now at the time of this recording, and um, so I've been have been working on like outdoor projects too, sharing that with y'all like pre-show, uh, so we've both been wanting this for a while, uh, but we've we uh, we've both been wanting like a like a patio extension um, in our backyard, and. <clears throat> Um, With her gone, she has no idea what I'm doing. So um, I've been doing a lot of outdoor projects in the backyard, like I was sharing with y'all, and I'm just telling all y'all now. Uh, Patio extension, uh, made some planter boxes out of some whiskey barrels, and um, what else do I do? Assembled furniture, um, getting everything prepared to be staged for when she uh, comes back um, in just a few days. So um, hopefully she likes it. Um, Otherwise, I'm so screwed. (laughs)
1: Chase, I hate
0: it. Well, tough crackers, man. I
2: hope you learn to love it. it. Here's a jackhammer. Get, get to work. Get you being all sweet and stuff. Yeah,
0: so I have a, um, uh, a friend that I went through um, uh, my doc program with, and when she finished... Um, defending, Like she, I think she finished about a year before me or close to it. And, um, she got her husband a new truck for, um, like a graduation present. Like she got him a graduation present as like a thank you for like all the support and everything, you know, like going through the program and like they're, they, they have a daughter the same age as, as our daughter. So yeah, I got, got him a new truck and, uh, while like she was around us one time and she's like, so what are you going to get your wife? Like while my wife is sitting right there, what are you going to get your wife uh, for a graduation present? I'm like, I don't know. So I'm like, this is it. This is it right here. This is the graduation present. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, why well, ain't got anything else? I mean, it's, it's just, it's, that's the week. I mean, we had, we had Independence Day here in the United States for anyone that's not a, a U.S. Um, listener. Uh, we celebrated Independence Day, uh, that little thing that happened, you know, July 4th, 1776. You know, no big deal. Not at all.
2: Yeah. You guys got in all your work, your work yeah. in this week, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> we guys,
2: I got to enjoy my vacation, right, because I'm still on vacation. Although my vacation only has like two more weeks left. Mm. So it's like, where did it go? I'm used to a much longer one, but I got to enjoy it. We, um, I didn't, I guess I didn't even realize this past weekend was 4th of July weekend because 4th of July was on like Tuesday, Mm. right? And so I was like, Friday wasn't even July, right? So how can it be 4th of July weekend if it's not July yet?
0: Right, right.
2: But, um, you know, my mom came in from Florida and, uh, I guess I have like a step family technically, not technically i guess they are right (laughs) Uh, it feels weird to to think like that but they all like rented rvs and went up to a campground right up on the Mm -hmm. guadalupe river river up here in central texas and we went up there for the day on saturday and we did the whole lazy river tubing thing at the campsite like i'm not much of like a water person like i don't like to swim like i don't, I don't go swimming this is true right but yeah. like this lazy is so river, true lazy lazy river tubing where you know you bring like a cooler you get uh, like a tube for your cooler as well Yeah. well we didn't we didn't think of that
0: did you tie old. them all together
2: yeah we tied a bunch okay. of like rafts together and but like the river wasn't really moving much so like i guess my step brother i don't know i don't like to think of them that way but anton <laughs> He got in, a, like, a kayak, and they tied the whole string of, of tubes to the kayak, and he was just, like, lazily kayaking us to pull us because the river wasn't – it was true lazy river. It was not doing very much.
1: You know, I'm there with you, though. I'm not a big water person. Yeah. I, I don't particularly – I mean, it was like, hey, we go on a boat. No. No. So I can, I mean, what, what possible fun? No, but this is fun. Is you're just, me. you're
2: just on a tube and you no, drink, you got your adult yeah.
1: beverage. And you're See, that's, that's having a, a good different.
2: time, hanging
1: out. Yeah. No, that's, that, that is different. I mean, I've kayaked and stuff and that's, that's okay. But just being, just being out like on a pontoon, that's never just been like the funnest thing in the world is I'm hot. I'm hot and I'm on
2: water. This is fun. Well, it, it like it was. It's you know, it's been hot here in Texas this summer, <laughs> but yeah. like I don't know, down by that water, it didn't feel that hot. Honestly, nice. that's good. So it was nice. It was nice. It was fun.
1: Good. Yeah, it's been hot up here, and then we we get the the giant cloud from Canada. <laughs> poor, poor Canadians and their forest fires. Hmm. It's really not nice. Hmm. You get lake effect humidity, too, don't you? I mean, here, not, not so much. <laughs> no. You can't blame everything on the lake effect. That's only for the cold.
2: What are you guys talking about? <laughs> nah, man, that humidity, because of all the lakes <laughs> yeah. that surround Michigan? That'll kill you, man. For sure. Humid. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt.
0: Yeah. Well, apart from that, um, I guess the other like cool, fun thing that we did this week, uh, my son turned uh, two. So, uh, little man is now two, and uh, we went to the zoo uh, for his birthday, and, well, uh, oh, we went the day before his birthday, and then um, <clears throat> um, his, we have a tradition in our family that, I, maybe I've told y'all, that, um, you know, whatever your favorite restaurant is, that's where we go, like, on your birthday, or at least, or close to your birthday. Well, the week before, uh, the girls were seeing a movie together, and um, we just had, like, guy time and we went to a place called Raising Cane's and this kid tore up the cane sauce, he just tore it up man oh my gosh, like he was like dunking like everything, his finger, his fries, his chicken, his everything I mean, and he was just like eating that up I'm like, well I know what your favorite restaurant is now and he did the same thing on his birthday at Raising Cane's, so uh, we had a great time, so um, the best thing about um, having kids is watching them grow up and the worst thing about having kids is watching them grow up
1: Yeah, it was, it was kind of funny we just put me in mind we had uh, on father's day we had taken my dad and then ashley's dad and then my brother and, and mm-hmm. his his brood out to um a brazilian steakhouse and and colin his his boy um he he ate his own weight in meat (laughs) i've never seen it's like we were eating a lot but he ate a lot everything that came by he was just like yeah and break me off a piece of that just left and right he ate a ton it it, it's it's funny you you get that one thing that kid that a kid really really likes and they'll just shove astronomical amounts of food in their face (laughs) yep (laughs) yep true story true story well,
0: we have. it sounds like we've had very eventful weeks all around, uh, which is its a nice change of pace from, um, you know, nothing, <laughs> which we've basically been reporting the last yeah. few weeks. Yeah, we're kind of boring. Nothing's been happening. Floodgates. Love it. So uh, speaking of floodgates, let's uh, talk Trek, shall we? All right, everyone. Well, thanks for tuning in. Today we're going to be talking about Star Trek Strange New World Season 2, Episode 4, Among the Lotus Eaters. Okay,
2: Okay, before we get into it, does anyone know the reference to Among the Lotus Eaters?
0: No, and I was hoping that you were going to bring this up.
2: David, did you? You know, it sounds really familiar, but I can't think for the life of me what it was from. <clears throat> yeah, I, well, I'm familiar with it from from the Odyssey, right? It's a, it's a part of the story oh, in the Odyssey. Okay, of how okay. Odysseus he comes to an island and there's he has there's people on it that eat lotus, and uh, basically these people they forget their memories, right? And they they only want to stay that once they eat this lotus plant they only want to stay there, and they don't want to leave. They forget their past and basically Odysseus has to drag his men away like forcibly remove his men that have eaten the lotus flap the lotus plant from this island onto his boat so they can all go home yeah. So it's a pretty apt title right when you when you think about that I like it I like it Okay
0: <clears throat> So um of course we get like the recap, uh, which like looking back at the recap, like I really appreciated it. I'm like, these seems like like odd things to kind of highlight, like without knowing anything going into the episode. Like, um, you know, we're going to make things we're going to win because that's what's right. You've always been the Boy Scout or there's the Boy Scout in you again. You know, like there's the the part about I've done everything in my power to help Una, you know, like kind of talking about Battelle. Um, the part about um, the enemy doesn't care about my feelings, so I don't waste my time having any, right? And then the thing about um, the war never ending and all this, I, I, it was just kind of odd to me, like, going into it, but I see how it panned out in the end. But um, anyway, Captain's personal log, stardate, I believe it was 1630.3, if I'm not mistaken. I When I was Gosh. watching, I went right down, I wrote it down, so I think that's what it was. Um, that's right. But yeah, so again, like these star dates are jumping all over the place. Um, I would like to point out to those in listener land that just two episodes ago, the star date was 2393.8, and now we're at
2: 1630.3. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, because, like, <laughs> when you go back to the original series, they're like star date 13. 1300. Right, So if you're trying to be before that It's kind of hard
0: Yep Okay So the episode opens up With um, uh, our two Captains, right? We have Pike And um, Battelle uh, Who are still trying to do the whole Romance thing and um, Of course the Captain Life is kind of Preventing that from happening, trying to You know, have a nice dinner Or you know, have a little smoochy kiss, and it's just not working. Different reports, different hails, different things happen along the way.
2: Okay, I have a, I have a question about this scene though. Like, what is Captain Patel's job? Patel's job here. Like, is she now the captain of this starship? Right? Is she? But like, I thought a couple episodes she was part of the JAG Corps. Like. Can we, yeah, like, figure out that. what her job is? Because I'm a little confused. Like, is she the captain of a ship or is she a JAG Corps member? I don't know. I think we need to, like, figure that out.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a little odd.
0: <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I, I guess I kind of glossed over it for a second. But the, the log, the personal log that Pike is giving is saying that, you know, we're, we're assisting the uh, Kyoga thing is the ship uh, with charting um, a binary um, system or something like that. Um, so they're they're working together. So I mean, if she's if she has the captain rank, then maybe she is the commanding officer, perhaps of the Kyoga. I mean, like we know from the pilot, right? The episode Strange New Worlds, like they were at Pike's cabin together, and I think she got called away to do captainy things
2: yeah but just because you have the rank of captain doesn't mean you're in charge of a starship right
0: I know I mean case the point th- with I mean, like Scotty and Spock and well but
2: I think back to like um um the measure of a man yeah isn't that isn't the the, the the judge of the trial I forget her name she's like she has the rank of captain
0: yeah yeah I don't know man I'm just assuming at this point that she's the one that's in charge of, you know, the Kyoga or whatever. Um, so anyway, thing, they're having dinner, all these things are happening, and like, Pike finally plates everything and does the nice presentation, and he kind of, he gets this gift, like this nice little, uh, trinket, right? And it's like this trinket that like has some meaning, you know, it's supposed to help lost sailors get home, basically. Uh, more on that later. By the way, um, and after that, and like, ooh, that's so nice of you. Thank you so much. Um, it's time for us to break up because this isn't working.
2: Bye. Well, Starfleet captains are married to their ships.
0: Mm-hmm. That's their first lady. That's their first love, right there. Um, so it's it. It's kind of a messy breakup.
2: <laughs> yeah she's well, not I, too happy
1: well it, there's no. there's also though a, a sort of a an attempt at a selfless thing that of course never is actually entirely selfless but he's thinking about her career too because she's called away and then it was also implied that she was basically passed up for a Commodore's position and the inference is well it was because of me and this trial and everything so I think there's a little bit of that. Trying to be protective in the, you know, worst possible way. But, mm-hmm. you know. hmm Yeah. So,
0: she gone. She leaves. And uh, we have Una coming over calm saying, Hey, Captain, there's this thing, right? We got to talk about this thing. It's happening with Rigel. Rigel 7. Hey, remember that time we went to that place and we did the thing? Yeah, there's this thing that's coming up again, um, so we have this little briefing, right? Like, we were there, we made a mess of things, we contaminated um, stuff, and uh, the whole op was like four hours long. Spock almost bled out. It was bad. Uh, there's these other folks; they uh, were left for dead, or they died, or one of, or whatever. There's death implications basically that happened along the way. And um, we're seeing that there's this little Starfleet Delta thing that's um, in a garden on a building. We need to fix this. So we devise a plan to basically go do it. And um, Eric Ortegas, our ship's pilot, our helmsman, is uh, getting excited, thinking that she's going to actually go on an away mission.
2: And at the last second, no. Hold on. Before we get to that, before we get to that, you know, one thing that we've always said about like lower decks is they put these obscure references in there, and and sometimes we like it, sometimes we don't, right? It's like how much Star Trek can you put in? Put Star in Star Trek? Trek, right? Right. But actually, this here is that I didn't even I didn't even know this. I didn't catch this. I've been reading some articles today, but this is actually a callback to the original pilot episode, the Cage. Right. Right. And so. In, at the beginning of that episode, they had just been on a... They were on, en route to the Vega Colony, which here we said we had to leave to get to the Vega, the hospital on Vega Colony, right? And we had just been to the Rigel system and there was this mission that went wrong, right? And it was about five years, ago, Five years, like... And that, like, tracks in the timeline, that five years. And so this is a... And, and it's like you know you can see in that original pilot episode that captain pike is like really beside himself like he screwed something went wrong and he screwed up right For And sure. so i you know this is a really cool little like connecting cannon thing here mm-hmm. that maybe we haven't always done in the past and it's like it's it's a i, I like it i really like it, as opposed to sometimes when like i said lower decks puts things in there maybe it doesn't yeah. work yeah
1: Okay. It, one other thing is like, when has it ever worked out well that we? Oh, I think we left something behind. Now we have to go decontaminate everything. <laughs> when has that ever worked? Like, when, like to like to perfection. Like, it, just maybe you should just develop some other sort of protocol. Where like that happened, we're just it's fine. It's now natural <laughs> development. It's cool. Stop trying to well, fix like, things you've
2: already screwed also, up. Also, also, Pike says, last time we went there, we went down in our Starfleet uniforms. <laughs> this time, we're not doing that. We're going undercover. Wh- why would you go down in your Starfleet uniforms? That doesn't make any sense. I,
0: I have, I don't know if now is the right time to bring this up, guys, but I want to talk about it. And and it, it has to do like with the implications of what we're going to find out. Um, as like the plot device right to like advance the story like with the the ringing and the tinnitus and the memory and everything i don't know when the right time to talk about this is okay um let me get a little bit further let's get a little bit further and then i'll i'll drop this that's what we call a tease right eric that's what they call a tease there we go okay all right so um um we take we're only we're not taking any weapons apparently no stuff, because we don't want to further contaminate things. Um, so we're also bringing our best fighters. So only all the only people on the mission are going to be Pike, um, <clears throat> we have Chapel, not Chapel, no, we don't have
1: Chapel. Chapel's not the fighter. <laughs> we have La'an. I mean, if she gets some juice, she might
2: be. That's true. I mean, look, Dr. Mbenga is here as our fighter, and he doesn't that's have right. any of his space meth. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't, I that's would. what I'm calling it. I don't space care.
1: Space bath salts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so
0: we have Embenga and La'an along with Pike. Um, Erica's a sad panda because she doesn't get to go on the thing, and she wants to. Um, so um, everyone's, like, up there doing their thing. Yay. We uh, But we have to take a shuttle down, and uh, we have to land, I believe they said 12 kilometers.
2: No, 20 kilometers.
0: I thought they said 12.
2: No, it's, it's clearly, if you watch it with subtitles, it's 20.
0: Okay, so...
2: Which is, so, a lo- which is 12 and a half miles yeah. that they're landing away. I know you want to try to land, like, away from things so you can, like, hide, but that's a long way away.
0: 12 miles, though, like, that should not take you... 12 and a half you.
2: miles, about, yeah.
0: That should not take you six hours.
2: It's, it's yeah. rugged terrain, and it's snowing, Chase. I don't know if you've ever tried to walk 12 and a half miles in rugged terrain and snow.
0: I've, I've ran a 5K in the snow, uphill both and, and they've both been ways. walking
2: six hours, but they're like, oh, it's not too late to go back, right?
0: But the, Well, they say it and, is.
2: No, but, but I mean, the doctor's basically at the first, he's like, yeah, it's not too late to go. We could go back. Yeah. But I think there's an important detail we're missing along here. As we're flying down, like the reason why Erica or or Lieutenant Ortega can't go with us is because there's like debris in the in the around the planet. And Spock theorizes that two celestial bodies collided with each other. And then as we're flying down, we think like, did an asteroid strike this planet millions of years ago? And if it did, it would have wiped out half life on the planet. Right, and that's why this is such hostile terrain.
0: So, um, so we're walking, and along the way, uh, we uh, one of our, our um, away team members um, starts to experience some ringing in the ears, just out of nowhere, uh, experiencing some tinnitus, and uh, it just it's it's nothing at first; it's no biggie. Um, but then we get a little, like a scene or two later and it's, it's ringing again. And like, it's becoming a little bit more difficult for La'an to remember what the devil's going on, where we were and how much time has elapsed essentially. Like, huh? Curious. Very, very curious. Um, but there's still enough, um, in her noodle to remember who the people are and kind of sort of what's going on. Um, so we we get to this part um, in the terrain where we're we're you know basically outside the city gates and we have like our little um, spyglass and we're looking ahead and we see these you know folks these uh, rigellians or whatever that um, aren't just aren't packing swords they are packing phase rifles hello and um, oh yeah by the way uh, they come up. Uh, wh- okay, so Embanga is capable of using his big boy voice. He is capable of doing because he's like, Captain! And he goes right back to his whisper. Anyone notice that? Mbanga used his big boy voice, and then he goes right back to, Someone's coming. Captain.
2: Come on, man. Come on. Six on three. We can take them. Well let's try some diplomacy. Let's here. try that first. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, like
1: you did pick us because we were fighters. Thought we were yeah. here to fight.
0: So we're we're, you know, um detained and we're taken to the nice shiny castle. We know the- you're
2: from Starfleet. What, what,
0: what? So let's go to the castle.
2: Have fun storming the castle
0: Um Anyone? Anyone? Okay, cool. Um, And it's there that we find that the Grand Poobah in charge is one of the former away team members. Hey, Zach. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Life's been good to you. You're the king now. Great.
2: Yeah, it was Pike's yeoman. Yep. Right? He took his yeoman on the mission and... They thought he was KIA, but he wasn't. And now he used his knowledge to become the ruler of this planet. hmm mm-hmm. and, and he's mad at Pike because Pike left him behind. They told me you were dead. Did you confirm it? Did you see the body? No, you just left me. You did well now, for yourself. I understand yourself. some of that bitterness. Don't you understand some of that bitterness? I do, but I don't know if it justifies what happens next. No, but it's a Life on Rigel 7 is a hard life
0: That's true That's true So he Like, King Zack is Relishing in this Like, you hurt me So I'm gonna hurt you, man Have fun forgetting everything And um, Take him away, put him in the cage You see what they did there? You see what they did there? Okay. Okay, great. Cool. Good. Okay, cool. Um, they wake up, and they... Uh, the next morning, after it being stupid cold out, and they don't really know who they are, and we have um, who I thought was... Um, oh Ralph uh, Sabarge. I don't know his name, but... Or his... Um, how to pronounce the last name. Ralph Sabarge, I believe, was the guy who played... Um, the Jiminy Cricket character in Once Upon a Time, and a couple other shows. He looked like him to me, but it wasn't him, unfortunately. No, this um,
2: guest star—he, I don't know the actor's name, but he's um, Kevin Spacey's vice president in in House of Cards. That like, was him. I recognized him. Yeah, like the really wow, inept vice president that that Kevin Spacey picks.
0: I didn't realize That's that him. was him. Holy cow! Yeah, I
2: recognized him right away. Okay, okay. I forget the character's name. That's, that fine. Show.
0: That's fine. That's um, fine. Okay, so we, we got to move to, like, these labor camps. Like, you're wearing a certain color, so that means, like, you're a, a stonemason or a, you work in the quarry, whatever, and you wear green, so you're, like, you know, a
2: woodcutter. Yeah, but he call and but this guy also says like we call this the forgetting, like mm-hmm. when we hear the name of they have like an a, an official name for it, like everybody forgets. Mm-hmm. And we wake up every day new.
0: It's like fifty first dates. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if only no. we had Adam Sandler.
0: Come on, Adam Sandler. Where are you at when we need you, buddy? Um so yeah, we go off and Um, we're just kind of pretending that we're going to do this and Pike's like dang this sucks like maybe my hands don't look like they belong to you know like a stonemason or whatever and like he's trying and like it's really difficult for him and same thing like with like La'on and Mbenga like they're having a heck of a time chopping wood and hitting some rocks
1: well I mean when you hit just a giant boulder with a mallet yeah, it's going to take a really 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 long time to get anywhere. And Bang is just back there just slow.
2: Just like
1: they don't know how to work.
2: Yeah, but also like constantly swinging a hammer. That's got to like hurt. You know, you got to you got yeah. if you're doing that over and over again, you're going to build up some some shoulders, right? Yeah. Some some Arm muscles.
0: Maybe I should do that. Go find like a big rock and like a sledgehammer and just like go to town.
2: No. Yeah. Wow. But like as they're doing this, as they're working, like this guy, he's here. He's like, you know, the forgetting is a blessing. The work, he said, the work is a blessing, right? Gives us purpose, like you know, something we can do, something that we know we can do, and that you know, the deep stuff we don't forget right we know how to talk we know how to eat we know how to do all that stuff it's just we can't learn any new memories we're like a planet of memento people yeah does that seem fee i mean just strictly from total nitpick
1: but like if you were to live on this planet say for 50 years would you with this radiation it's it's you know degrading your synapses and all that good sort of stuff (laughs) Do you think long term you really would remember how to walk and talk and I mean do you think that I would I would assume in a completely uneducated opinion that eventually that degradation is going to go further than just effectively short term memory?
0: Well there's this is getting a little bit ahead but like we know that this radiation is not only impacting the folks on the planet, but it's also impacting our folks up on the ship too. And we first see it with, um, Uhura, right. Where she can't remember if she did the task that she was asked to do, um, by Una and she's sent to sickbay. chapel. Uh, I believe it's, I believe chapel scans her in pretty short order and is saying like, these three lobes are being impacted. Um, by something. It's an isolated thing right now, but these three lobes are being impacted. And she names off specifically uh, frontal, parietal, and temporal lobes. So our frontal lobe is where our executive decision-making, higher order and reasoning is um, taking place. Our our temporal lobe, or I'm sorry, yeah, our temporal lobes, it's like basically right above our ears. That's where they, those kind of sit. And that kind of sort of has to deal with like with um, emotions, among other things, emotion and desire. And then like memory is kind of housed, like in the tri-state area of like your frontal parietal and temporal lobe. So like from a science standpoint, that is like a hundred percent on the money, like with how we see things playing out. So if there is consistent Uh, exposure to this over time to me it would make sense even though neuroplasticity is a thing uh, neuroplasticity meaning like your your brain can be reshaped and like rehealed by the by our thought life basically how we think about things and how we perpetuate things there can be healing um, that takes place Um, it does make sense that it, it might get to a place where there's been so much loss that it couldn't happen, but this is sci-fi. We do what we want. Mm -hmm.
2: Is there like another lobe or those just the third? Is there a fourth lobe? or those? Yeah, there's a fourth one.
0: It's your occipital lobe, which is at the base of your skull.
2: And what does that one do?
0: The occipital lobe deals with your eyesight. So that's why like if you get like punched or you get knocked back and like you hit the back of your head, you can black out. It's because that's controlling your eyesight. Um, And like other eye and nearby related things. So, yeah. And then there's other, you know, parts of the brain. But, like, in terms of lobes, we're talking about uh, frontal, parietal, temporal, and occipital lobes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. But, like, I, 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 that's a good point. You would think, like, after enough degradation, you might lose, you know, ability to speak, walk, things like that.
1: Right? Because you might
2: just not have the mental capacity to form words
0: right and your <clears throat> your your executive decision making like I said that's frontal but like when you're dealing like with motor function that's uh, for the most part that is a um, like a parietal lobe kind of like control control center if I'm remembering correctly. So it does stand a reason that that part could get affected over time, which is why we see like people like with, like brain cancers, um, in the most extreme case, and of course, like with like our dementia and like Alzheimer's, which is still serious but not as serious as as brain cancers, they start to lose that type of functioning over time. In in some instances, I'm not a medical doctor, so I can't make those claims. But generally speaking, that's something that we can see that we can um, look at anecdotally in some cases.
2: Science. Okay. <laughs> yeah but like also as we're working here this guy he's like listen we don't we can't we have pictures to help us remember who we are we have we put tattoos on our body we'll get the memento stuff right mm-hmm. so we, we know who we are what our name is who the people that means something to us but we also have a totem right some totem that we can look at every morning that kind of tells us the story of what's going on here
0: Fifty first dates Put the VHS in the DVD, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Come on, that Adam momento. Sandler. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> where we realize like something's going on, like we, there's like some kind of uh, maybe I'm jumping around, but um, we need to get to the bottom of this. Like I, like I'm not I'm not a stonemason. Like I don't belong in the quarry. Look at my hands, man. Like there's got to be something going on we need to get to the bottom of this so let's go fight the guards and let's get the heck out of here and go fight things because that makes sense and Pike starts at him and then La'an goes after it too and then Beng is just over there kind of doing his thing and La'an's kind of fighting all right and then she gets kind of slicey sliced like La'an almost turns into a uh, like a piece of sliced pizza for a second and um, yeah, so we got to get the get her out of there after we've knocked everyone out. We go to back, we go to this um, dude's little hut um, for her to kind of rest and get mended. And and Banga's like kind of picking up on something, something, but it's not quite clicking. But he's starting to do things naturally without putting everything together. And he's like, maybe I'm a healer, and not. You know, Paul Bunyan type of thing. Maybe. Who knows? But he starts, like, you know, dressing her and everything and kind of trying to put band-aids on stuff, essentially. And that's where we do learn more about, like, the lore, and there's, like, some, like, totem pole kind of, you know, stuff to, like, kind of tell a story in this guy's hut. And it's kind of how we make sense of things and. Like, the lore, the legends, the myths of everything, and, like, how everything is, like, kept in this casket um, at the castle or
2: whatever. Yeah, but, like, I, I I understand a lot of what this guy is saying, this Luke guy is saying. He says, the forgetting is a blessing. Like, things that matter, right? Like, emotions. Like, you can feel the emotions, Right that that are still there things from the heart things that matter but like the details of them the anguish right those go away right and like i kind of i understand him and i understand why he feels that way and i don't necessarily disagree with it right you know he says something like instead of feeling the pain of passing right you can just like Know that you had a person, but you don't have to feel the loss of that person
3: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know i i I get it, and later on, when we go to storm the castle and get our memories back because like they're locked in a, a casket, he's like, "I'm not going with you like I don't want my memories back i'm I'm okay with the forgetting and this life that I have here,
0: yeah. So, we're going to have to, like, kind of go a little bit more, um, and then we have to kind of go visit and talk about our Enterprise friends for just a, a second or two. Um, we don't know how, um, how injured La'an actually is, but after, like, figuring, like, hearing about, like, this, you know, idea that our memories are something is, like, locked in a casket, you know, in the castle... Uh, we got to go go do the thing so we do and um, Mbanga doesn't know if La'an really is safe to take with but um, you know it's better to take her and for them to forget everything but realize that she's hurt and still take care of her which I like that I like the morality of that of like even if we lost our memories we can still have empathy right and care we can have compassion for this injured person. I like that a lot. Um, so we end up getting out, you know, kind of back to where we were essentially, like behind a rock, kind of just chilling. And Pike will eventually go into the castle and have a conversation with, you know, our good benevolent King, Zach. Uh, but before we have that little, you know, ditty with him on the Enterprise, like we were saying, like Uhura was the first one to go to um, sick bay. And talk to Chapel and stuff, and do this workup again. Isolated incident. But while our all our folks are doing their thing down on the planet, we are having almo- almost not all, but almost everyone in their grandmother starting to experience the same thing, and it's becoming a, a contagion essentially that we don't know how to deal with. Yeah, and-
2: I have a couple. I have a couple of things just about. The the um the scenes on our ship here. Like sure. first of all, I get that we're just following our main cast. Like I understand that, but like Doctor Mbenga's is not the only doctor on this medical staff, is he? Right. I would hope not. When he's gone, he, there's probably got to be like a a assistant chief medical officer, right? Or right. I know yeah. Nurse Chapel. Like she can't be the person in charge. I get we're following our main characters like our main cast, whatever. That's a thing that happens, right? It's like on Voyager, there's no medical staff. Whenever the doctor goes somewhere, Tom Paris has to come in and be the emergency medic, whatever. Okay. But it's like, can there be another doctor please? I don't know. And then like we spent two episodes ago, you know, we talked, we had, you know, our Una commander, Una commander, Chin Riley. She's like the best first officer in Starfleet. And she's like a great officer, but then she gets sidelined right away. It's like, I wish that we could have done, like, let her be in charge. Like, show us how good of a first officer she is. I, I, I like I like the story that they did with Lieutenant Ortegas, right? And I'm glad that we're getting more of her rather than just, like, the quippy, like, you know, person that she was in the first season. And I hope that they give her an episode right that's like actually like a or centric episode rather than just like some of these moments like B, in other people's episodes right yeah but so i like that but i just wish we could have done something more with commander chin riley here agreed right instead of just sideline her right away
0: yeah yeah well at, and I appreciate that, Eric. As as all these reports are coming in, uh, stuff's finally really starting to hit the fan. And, I mean, Una does, um, like, get this report from, uh, what is it, um, Spock and uh, Chapel. right? Mainly Chapel, but Spock's there, mm-hmm. I believe. And uh, it's like, hey, this is what's happening. These are the reports of, like, you know, symptoms and stuff. And, um Um, I think Spock says, I estimate in less than an hour, like, the rest of the ship will be impacted by this, and we need to do something about it, essentially. And uh, we have Una, who, like, gets the ringing in the ear, so she's now compromised. So we have Spock on the bridge, in command, um, essentially, with Ortega still there at the helm, doing the thing. And, and they
2: come up with the idea of what, like, here's your little pad with your personnel file. Which isn't so that bad.
0: Have... Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. Like, it helps you know, like, who you are type of thing. Um, Yeah, it, it helps you know who you are in, in in the event that you do forget. But still, I mean, it doesn't tell you, like, how to do your dang job. Like, great, <laughs> you're the pilot. You're the, you know, science officer. Ghost do science something
1: well if you can read it because wasn't there a part in there where Spock looks at his and he couldn't read it so they yeah. so, so it's 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 a lot more they, they've forgotten the written word as
2: well unless uh, well I, I think what happens is that happens Spock says hey let's move us into like this debris field hoping that will shield us from this radiation. But I think it actually makes it worse when they go in right. there. Yeah. And so I think because they're so close it's to so the source of the radiation yeah. and it's so concentrated that it affects them even more than it does on the planet. Because I feel like on the planet, they can read the totem, right? They can read their tattoos. So they haven't lost that ability yet.
1: Yeah, but that kind of makes the, the conclusion that much more unbelievable than the well here's here's,
0: one thing that came to mind just as you were um, y'all bringing this up is I mean yes Spock is half Vulcan half human but what if like the forgetting was just a little bit easier for him when it came to English as opposed to Vulcan like written in spoken language that's the only out I can think of guys
2: but, like, Ortega's can't read it either. And that's the only language she knows.
0: Okay.
1: Well, I tried. <laughs> um, I guess on the planet, though, it, it wasn't really language. It was pictures. They talked about it in terms of pictures. Yeah. So maybe that was something that wasn't necessarily implicitly said, that another thing you lose is the ability to read. And I assume right if you can't read, which seemed a little odd, but okay.
3: Hm
0: or- Ortega starts freaking out, by the way. she wants to go somewhere safe. yeah. she wants to go somewhere safe, take me somewhere safe. And make I was it stop, a stop,
2: li- make it stop, make it stop.: I was a little
0: bugged by something, and it happens in this scene right here. She gets onto the turbo lift. And the computer's like, Where do you want to go? Take me home, take me home. Okay, cool. Deck six. There's the handle thingies. You gotta hold on to it. You gotta hold them and twist them and say where you want to go. She didn't hold and twist and say, You know, take me there. I mean, I would have accepted that. Like, cool. Points for trying. Hold the handle, twist it, say, Take me there. But like the automatic turbo lift thing, like that's not something that happens until later, man. Like at least, fifteen years later.
2: Yeah, because we know when we we're back in time, Bashir and O'Brien <laughs> couldn't figure it out. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right. And that's like at least seven years from now. Mm-hmm. You know when the Kirk stuff happens. <sighs> okay. I'm okay. But I did like this. I like the return of the follow the lights thing. Mm. Um, we haven't seen that, that I'm aware of. Well, I think the first time we saw that was next gen, wasn't it? Or no, was it, no, Voyager. Oh, shoot. Anyway, there was like that, there was the thing in uh, on one of the ships and it was like just follow the light follow the line it'll take you there i think it was like to the holodeck or something someone was like looking for something and they just followed the light so i like that follow the light to your quarters and then turn right at junction two nine b or whatever it was some random number letter combination and this is where she's still freaking out and she gets a pep talk from the computer your lieutenant eric ortegas ship's pilot you're telling me that if we're going to get out of here, I have to do it? Affirmative. So you're telling me there's not like another, there's not a, just like we don't have a backup doctor, we don't have a backup helmsman?
2: Well, yeah, she's alpha shift pilot, remember? Yeah,
0: but what about beta? So there's a
2: beta shift pilot, but. We need like a beta, like Charlie, they're, they're, Delta,
0: Echo, Foxtrot, something.
2: They're probably undergoing the same effects she is
0: we don't know that, dude. There was like, there were some chicks <laughs> there were that was like, random sta-
2: wandering people in the hallways
0: looking at her like she was a crazy lady. Like, you look okay. Why don't you get up to the bridge and do something? Like, go to sick bay. Pretend you're a doctor. I mean, who I don't know what I'm saying, do something.
2: No, but I like this. You know, I am Eric Ortega. I fly the ship. You know, she's it's like her moment here. She's psyching herself up. I can do this. Like, I know how to do this. I can get it, even if I don't remember how to do it. Like I can step up in this moment and do my job and save the ship, get us out of mm-hmm. this situation. Right? Mm-hmm. I really like this. It's like the first moment she's gotten to do really anything other than just make funny quips. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: there was even a part earlier where Una had kind of, you know, when uh, when Ohura had to go to sick bay. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, no, no! I've been flying since you were born, you know, or something like that. Not quite that line. But, you know, so yeah, right. she'd been kind of not tossed aside, but, you know, you could feel that you were being tossed aside.
2: Right. And even earlier in the episode, Pike's Pike, before they go in the wave, was like, "My might not be Eric Ortegas, but I was a test pilot. Yeah, I can, pilot, I can fly, too.
1: I just I I do I do find it kind of interesting though. Like I, I like I like the whole sequence too, um, but it does it does kind of go back to what, what we were talking about earlier though. If if you're in a field that's more concentrated, and you're just using sheer will, you know, sheer willpower to go back up to the, you know, to the bridge, and, and all of this stuff. Is, so. I mean, I guess there is some cumulative effect of, like, you are remembering stuff for a short period of time. Because even with Pike and Mbanga as they're doing their thing, they are remembering certain things, but they're still being affected by this tinnitus and, 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 you know, the the, uh, missing time and everything. So through just sheer willpower in a more concentrated field, we're saying that just by saying your name and what you are, you get back up to the bridge and can magically fly again. I, I don't want to nitpick. I'm just pointing it out. No, I
2: get that.
0: You know what would have made this better for me? And I'm, I'm, I'm this is gonna sound funny, but I'm dead serious. This, the scene on the bridge with what ortegas does i would have loved it if they had played some kind of music that no no i'm, I'm dead serious well, if they were music no like i'm no no i'm saying like like um not diegetic music not music that only we can or sorry diegetic music would be music that both um the audience and the characters can hear so like diegetic good example of it would be like the home alone scene where kevin is playing like rocking around the christmas tree with all like the little cutout things both us and the characters in the movie can hear it. that's diegetic music
2: you know i would have been w- a great example of that star trek beyond when we put on the beastie boys in the in the closing yeah, scene <laughs> deal without
0: beastie boys that's why i went home alone um <laughs> but in all in all seriousness though um research has shown that people with Alzheimer's respond to like those deep held memories and experiences by connecting with song that they are familiar and have an emotional attachment to. So like pick any song from that point into the great past that could have been played over the intercom. I I would have really liked that. That would have really done like that would have really spoken to more of the science stuff, which I've been experiencing up to this point. Um, but I mean, it's... Anyway, that's that's just a small thing. I think that would have been great, but I'm not the one writing these things. Um,
1: You would have but, had to have somehow set that up, though. You would have. You know, like, the only music... And correct me if I'm wrong, but the only, like, real music that we've kind of talked about is Spock and his harp. Yeah. You know? So this if season. You if you don't... Yeah, yeah but, but to, to set that up a little bit more, like, hey, Ortegas is really a big fan of... I don't know the Beach Boys, you know, and just <laughs> something like that comes on, it snaps you into. Which, hundred percent agree, and I've seen that firsthand. That does indeed, that does indeed work.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But you know, she does it. She pilots us out. She has mm-hmm. to shoot her way through a piece of that debris, right? That was cool. I actually kind of like that like threading the that needle was a cool scene. Yeah, we yeah. fly, her, we fly ourselves out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that she was flew the ship. Yeah, she did flute, float, fly- float, the ship went. It did the thing.
2: I would like the ship to go.
0: <laughs> now. <laughs> um, okay, so she's doing the thing, going through asteroid field things, threading needles and stuff, and Pike is down yonder doing the thing. Um, he's um, back, he's at the castle, and uh, it's just a standoff between him and King Zack. And uh, this is where we get the big reveal of, like, what happened, basically. So, um, you know, he's, like, wondering, like, where's where's the casket? Where's the coffin? Where's where's the stuff so we can get our memories back? It's all made up, dude. doesn't exist. The only thing I got is that thing over there, and it's just a bunch of, like, you know... You know, tricorders and medical supplies, basically, Um, and um, there was, like, this, like, what, an asteroid or something, like, kind of crashed, and it created, like, this radiation and whatnot, and everyone forgets stuff, except for here, because there's this ore that kind of protects us. It's like our lead vest,
2: basically. Yeah, and they make their helmets the helmets out of it too. Yeah. So that way the guards can go outside. They put on their tinfoil hats. <laughs> the tin <foil. laughs> okay. Here we go. And Pike is just
0: he's at that like stage three of just getting like straight up um aggressive. So that's frontal lobe, by the way. Um <clears throat> where he's getting hyper aggressive and like is like, you know, a nanosecond away from pulling a trigger before The radiation thing kind of dissipates you know and he's like he has his memories back because he's been in the castle for long enough apparently
2: yeah it still feels that i know he wasn't outside and exposed to it for very long but it still feels like it came back fast
0: Yeah. yeah true story
2: but i like i like what he says here like this zach is like you were about to kill me over a fairy tale Right, I told you Rigel-7 changes people. And Pike says, "No, it doesn't change us. It just shows us who we really are." Right? I came in here to save my people, right? To find a cure for them. And the lives of my crew, like that means everything to me and mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Right? I really like that moment. And like yeah. we left you before, but we're not going to leave you here now. Yeah, you're going to jail, bud. We're gonna take you this time.
1: There, there is, there is. Well, is he
2: going to jail? Like, what, what?
0: Prisoner transfer at the very end.
2: Yeah. But like, what did he? What did he do? That was against Federation law. He got left behind, so he made a a, he made a life for himself on a planet after Starfleet left him. Like, what did he do that deserves him to go to prison?
0: Contaminated a culture. I don't know. That's not his fault. Violate the fault. prime
1: directive
2: that's not his yeah, fault it's, it's i I, I,
1: just, I just want to mention one quick thing here because like it. you know when, when pike's saying all this stuff it's all great but i i don't i don't i don't he they're both right in their own way it does change you in the most literal sense because you've lost basically all of that reasoning that you come in with. And Pike's also right that it shows you who you are and I, I, I think I think they could have honestly gone one step forward with where he went because at the end of the day yeah I'm trying to protect my crew but like this dude was also his crew and he was basically ready to kill him mm-hmm. because he had been pushed so far you know I had given that little sliver of hope and it's been wrenched away so now you're seeing this propensity to kill which is basic human instinct I mean it's fight or flight and it's pretty much in everybody I would assume everybody has the capability um, And I and I think that like you know one of the things about about Trek in general is by any means we try and preserve life. And I think that there are even people in series, you know, insert series name here, that might die before they take life because they believe in that overall mission of Starfleet, that that, that pie in the sky ideal so much, that they would rather sacrifice themselves than taking a life For the betterment of everybody around them so they could have just went just a little step further and maybe just mentioning that sort of like you know i am here to protect my crew but there's an animal inside of all of us sure you know that we constantly have to beat back and maybe you're right this planet did it didn't change me but it did expose that and that's something we have to fight every day it's something like that i'm not a wordsmith about it but i think they could have just went a little bit further sure
2: no sure I, i i like that yeah but then like we bring our luke guy into the castle and he's starting to get his memories back and he's like you know before he was like the forgetting teaches us to live in the moment right not dwell on the past, not worry about things that we can't change, but just to embrace what we have. But then he's like, I was wrong. Like, you know, maybe that's good for a little while, but like in the long run, that's not. And, you know, and then Laon says this great line. She's like, maybe some memories are worth the pain of others. Like, yeah, memory can be painful, but like it can be worth it. It can help you, help you grow. And mm-hmm. you, you know, you had those experiences. And I think that I will just I thought that was a really powerful line. Yeah. So we've,
0: we've figured everything out. Um, and we're going to go back to the ship. Um, and we've, uh, I guess, systematically moved all the rocks so that there's not a radiation issue anymore. That's kind of how I viewed the last of it with Erica moving, like, with tractor beams, like, all these different, you know, asteroids. Yeah, it's like
2: they went down to the planet and hauled out the asteroid fragment because Pike here says, uh, well, this asteroid crashed into the planet and it wasn't supposed to, so... We're not we're not violating the prime directive we're not alter and like we're not altering their natural evolution i'm like there's a few times where i disagree with pike's Debatable. interpretation of the prime directive because i feel like an asteroid crashing into a planet is something that's probably supposed to happen right unless it's like going to drift away somehow like in children of the comet right um but like I feel like once that asteroid does crash land into the planet, everything that happened after that is the natural evolution of the planet, of how it's supposed to go. Just like asteroid crashing into the planet Earth, everything that happened after that was supposed to happen. That's how we got here. And it's like, it reminds me back into Discovery Season 2 and the the New Eden episode, how Pike was like, we can't tell these people where they're from, where we're from. We can't tell them we're from outer space because that would be violating the prime directive. And I know I was like, and I think Chase and I had this discussion. We weren't recapping episodes back then, but I think we talked about it later. Like, do we agree with that interpretation of Captain Pike? Like, these people were not supposed to be on that planet, so their natural evolution was interrupted. So the Prime Directive wouldn't apply there. And that was the, the case that Burnham was trying to make during that episode. So, like, I don't know. Sometimes I kind of disagree with Captain Pike. But that's okay. We're allowed so, to disagree.
0: So I think now is potentially a good time to bring this up. So from what I was teasing earlier, you know, if if we have, like, this radiation asteroid thingy, you know, that's basically creating, like, temporary um dementia basically uh for you know as long as it is uh, i don't i don't know if this is a good way good way to think about this but i'm going to say it anyway if we're con- really concerned about like you know Starfleet Delta's and all the Starfleet branding being all over the place couldn't we th- in theory be like give me your helmets him out the palace, right? Lock the doors and then like take a jackhammer to the garden, like destroy all the branding stuff as if it never happened because they're going to forget, right? They're going to forget. And then like once all the stuff is destroyed,
2: then, then we deal with the asteroid. Okay, is that an eth- what's the ethical issue there? I, is I, like I can forcing people to forget something? Like, is that is that ethical? Is that is that Starfleet
0: morals? I mean there's a whole episode called Ethics in Next Gen that deals with questionable ethics.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, I mean realistically, just just to get to the bottom of it, it was the nice thing to do wasn't necessarily the right thing to do if you want to judge on your own prime directive because it had already happened. This is something that's been happening. It's not nice though. It's not nice to see some people in the high castle lording over the rest with a secret that they haven't shared with everybody because they know. They know that these helmets and this castle keeps them safe. But they're not sharing it. But that is the human morality play that comes out sometimes, it's not nice. Everybody should have the same opportunity. Well, is that our choice? Not really. Do I agree with Pike? No. Based solely upon your prime directive. However, is it the probably the right thing to do? Maybe? Eh. Sure. <laughs> do I hate him that he did it? No. It's fine. But yeah, is it, is it necessarily the right thing to do by directive? No, hmm. that would be stretching
2: highly, Captain's prerogative. Okay. Yeah, and like Spock doesn't push back on that. He's like, "Your logic is sound." <laughs> is it, Spock? Like, there's no quest. You can't question him at all here.
0: All right. Well, we so we moved all the things and. We're off on our next adventure. Basically.
2: I think there's a small scene where Pike and Bartel like make up yeah. at the end here.
0: Yeah, like your your out. necklace brought me home, so thank you for that. And but but there was the line like, uh, whenever he was like still in like his little you know old like Mason uniform or whatever, that like I'm feeling these feelings that I can't place, but it's connected to this thing and maybe this person. That's love. So we realize that Pike loves Patel.
1: Well, it it is. We're going to give it a go again. Well, the thing is, so each of us has a significant other.
0: True. That are all going to be
1: very important in our lives for a multitude of different reasons. Like it's not really, it's not really something to blow off because even, even though they are not able to see each other very often. You know with their conflicting duties and everything it's always good to have a north star you know what i mean something to point you to you know either home or to the right path or keep you know keep you going on the straight and narrow it's it's good that pike has this despite going back to what we know will happen to pike and what he knows will happen to him that he's still embracing a lot of things like love knowing that you know, I know it's going to happen to me. This could potentially really hurt her, but I'm still embracing life. I'm not going into a shell. So I, I, I think it's 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 nice.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. That's it. That's the show, or that show, not our show. We still gotta oh, evaluate that's the it. thing. <laughs> that's it. See you later. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. <laughs> All right. So um, let's let's move on to the evaluation portion of the episode. Um, so starting with the Delta, looking at the different divisions of Starfleet service and how well they were represented. Uh, what do we think about this episode in terms of our command, our operations, um, and our science? David.
1: Um, so, I, I mean, in terms of command... I I think the thing that I I might point to a little bit more is, you know, when, when Pike and Leon and Mbanga have lost their memory, even despite that they still have this natural propensity to stick together and Pike is still, you know, he, he has this whole, you know, I can't leave anybody behind, you know, Leon is, 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 she's cut and you know and bleed now and she's not doing so good but we're not gonna leave her behind like even on an instinctual level he's still showing all the the semblance of command that you would expect um and then i i also probably would want to give some props maybe to artagus as well in the fact that you know she was scared just amazingly scared like wanting it all to stop almost like a, a child the, the childlike state of fear but then you know she's able to master herself and go about her duty in the way you would expect out of a, a, a lieutenant or anybody really in Starfleet but it, she's a lieutenant so like I, I think that those little things you know it, it's, it's a lot of character that you know, that the, the just drives the, um, the embodiment of command within Starfleet that I like. Um, I don't necessarily know if I'm going to go any further than that. So, you know, science, we, you know, we, we mentioned tinnitus a, a million times. I, my sister has really bad tinnitus. I've had it too, so I understand that. Um, you know, sort of getting in uh, with Chapel and explaining about, you know, what's going on with the brain and everything. And then Chase gets to do brain words, which, which is fun. Um, so, you know, I think we're, we are displaying the, the medical science of that. Um, and the, then even Mbenga is able to, you know, heal the wound at the end, uh, Leon's wound at the end. Um, and then as far as operations, I mean, we, we, we do have, you know, Spock in the beginning... You know sort of setting up a lot of uh, you, you know what's kind of happened in this this quadrant and some of the dangers of it so you know hey Ortegas you need to stay to pilot the ship uh, you know so there's that aspect of it uh, you know the where, where it does kind of lose out is like I mean like Chase pointed out with the with the turbo lift you know we're, we're kind of we're kind of bisecting certain things and not being totally consistent there But, you know, we are seeing the inner workings of the ship a little bit where, hey, if you are lost, where can I go? Here are these lights. Follow these things and we'll take you to where you need to go. So, like, little tiny uh, uh, pieces of that, you know, sort of show the baseline operations of the ship and everything, which I kind of like. I've always liked that kind of stuff. So I'm cool with giving it all three. Cool. All right. Eric, what do you think, man?
2: I mean, I think what David said about about command is perfect, and I was gonna say the same thing. Even if you forget who you are, there's still that instinctual level of like, "Hey, I, I can still like take charge of things and and still, you know, protect my people and lead my people and come up with an idea." And so I like that. Um, you know, as far as science, right? Um, Hey, figuring out that this ore can stop the radiation, right? And you can build a, a castle out of it. You can build helmets out of it to protect your people. That is science, right? You might say that these people abuse the science by hoarding it to themselves and creating, like, a, a worker caste that's basically their slaves. Um but it still is science, right? So, so I think you have to like give some credit there, and I think what David said about operations is is fine too. So I, I'm I'm comfortable giving all three deltas to this episode.
0: Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm in the same boat. I don't need to reiterate all the things. Um, I I was geeking out. Like I know Eric geeks out whenever he hears like math things. In episodes, So like whenever I get to hear brain things, um, in episodes or, you know, counseling, psychotherapy, you know, um, ancillary kind of things, I get, I get, I get to geek out and it's fun. So, um, the only other thing, like, I don't know how much of an operations thing it is, but, um, I don't know. I kind of liked it was like the, here, take a data pad. So you remember who you are. I kind of like that. There's something it's, it's dumb, but I, I just liked it. Um. And i I mean I, I concur with all the other things too, so um that leaves us you know with our numerical rating so on a scale of one to ten, one being a dumpster fire, ten being absolutely amazing, how in the world do we rate this? Let's start with um Eric on this one
2: I mean, I like the the philosophical discussions that um that Pike is having with, with our, our main person here, Luke, like, you know, like, how would you live your life if you had no memories, right? Would you learn to embrace the present, right? And think of every moment that you have as like precious or, or, you know, do those mem- do memories teach us who we are and, um, and like, are some memories worth the pain of others or or is it okay hey i can just remember that i had someone but i don't have to remember i don't have to feel the anguish of of loss like i love that philosophical debate that's at the heart of this episode um and i think what david said is is really great like yeah maybe the planet does change us maybe it does just reveal who we are but like it can it can be both it doesn't have to be one or the other and there's that philosophical debate there that maybe there is no right answer to and and i really like this episode i like that we finally got a pike a pike episode right it took till episode four which i thought was very strange but as chase said last week anson mount had some familial responsibilities that took him away from filming um so i felt like the season really needed that um I, l- I love that Ortega's got a moment here. I hope we get more of it. I hope they give her like an episode that's an Ortega-centric episode. Um, <clears throat> I don't like that they sidelined Una. I said that earlier. I feel like, you know, she's still being underused. I know she had her episode a couple episodes ago, but I still feel like I want more of her. Um, but I think I thought this was a really solid episode. It was a really interesting idea felt felt very very star trek at its core. Um I'm not going to go super high on this, but I think like an 8.2 is a good rating for this episode.
0: Great. Okay. So looking at this episode, I I really enjoyed it for a lot of the, the same reasons that um I think Eric just highlighted, you know, in terms of like um, like the philosophical stuff um, but and I feel like so um, I don't know juvenile for just like saying it this way but it just it was just a smart episode like I'm just enjoying the fact that we're having some smart trek again is that dumb to say? I don't, I don't know um, it feels dumb um, feelings are not fact by the way um, That's that's the thing that was in the episode facts don't care about your feelings. What? Um, anyway, um, it was a good, it was really good episode. Um, I was, um, I was actually engaged in this episode despite watching this, um, like at five something in the morning today, uh, the day that we're recording. So I do hope we get, we continue to get more like this, uh, where we get like more of like the sciencey stuff, like we've been highlighting today, like with um, like the brain stuff and like how that was actually like based in like actual fact, like all the different like things, like the paranoia, the aggression, the this, the that, um, all that was like right on track. And the fact that we got to have a throwback to the cage was pretty cool too. Um, I don't need to belabor this. Uh, and I know that David's probably going to wow us with some, like, fantastic, you know, Roger and Ebert kind of review like he always does. Um, watch, now that I say that, he's just going to make it like a one-sentence review, and that'll be it. Um, I came in this with um, with a particular rating, and um, I'm kind of encouraged that Eric gave, him, gave it what he did. Um, so I'm going to rate this episode an 8.4. 8.4.
1: David. Oh boy. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I I also really enjoyed the episode a lot. I mean, it after last week's kind of down note, it was, Mm -hmm. it was nice to get an upbeat here and, you know, get back into stuff that feels more, more trekkie to me and and more i mean just plausible because even like last week there was so much implausibility in there that it it kind of hurt me a bit um so i i think i think one of the cool things about trek is is the ethical questions that we we ask ourselves and you know one of the reasons why i love ds9 so much is we dealt with so much of that there was just cool um and and I always thought that that's what Star Trek was supposed to be, uh, thinking, you know, you have to think about things, and and while it did come up a little short on some explanation, I think we put just enough in that it, it you know it can make sense without being in the realm of like garbage TV, which is just you know mass consumable stuff. So I, I appreciate that a lot. And to Eric's point, it's great to just you know just see Pike just doing pike things i I mean i you know i i I enjoy our crew i really do but sometimes you just have to have just pike be the center of attention there um and it was great to see ortegas as well you know kind of get a little bit of uh, of a little bit of shine on her you know this is it's been a problem with some other series and so forth and it's it's just really cool to that we're we're giving a little bit more of that spotlight on on to some of these other people that, because they're our main bridge crew, we're supposed to really care about them. So you got to give a reason to care, and I and I think with Ortegas, just her her vulnerability in in a moment of just you know that that would be unimaginable with most normal people. It was I thought it was you know all really well done. Um, you know the the ethical implications at the end. Uh, you know that that's all debatable, but it, it feels, it feels very, um, you know, original series, you know, we're, we're, cowboy diplomacy and so forth. So it, it kind of falls in, in a good line. Um, I, I, I kind of came in with it with a score. So I think I'm going to go ahead and stick with it. Uh, and I, and I guess I'll be the high one and I'll give it a nice gold 8.5. Wow.
0: Wow so what we have here is um we have eric with an eight two dave with an eight five and myself with an eight four which um power of math here i'm trying uh that's what an eight point three six repeating so we'll just round it up to an eight four so there we go cool 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 there we go an eight point four for this episode has anyone looked um elsewhere to see how this is trending so far
2: yeah on imdb right now it has a, a 7.6 which is the lowest rating of any of the episodes of this season oh my what, what did last week have uh an 8.3 like judging from the internet's reaction people loved last week's episode oh my goodness like i mean i've seen people say like last week's episode is the best episode of strange new worlds ever
0: no, I'll I'll fight because I think, I on think that. they're just
2: focusing on the the end. They're not focusing on how we got there. No. Sevens
1: for this one. Dang. Yeah,
0: I'm wondering if it's I don't know. Maybe it's not a fair kind of maybe thing. it's just but, Too early. Yeah, I mean too early. But like I wonder if like the, like folks that are watching, like we got to assume like it's you know both you know, Trek fans and not as, you know, dyed-in-the-wool kind of Trek fans. If they're kind of, like, accustomed to, like, the JJ Trek style of Trek, and, like, that's kind of coloring their experience. I don't know. But, I mean, like, last week we... We flamed this episode. And, like, I, at one point... Like, or, or so we flamed last week's episode, I should say, and like I sent like y'all a, a group text, um, like a couple of days later. I was like, "Man, am I going crazy? Like, did we get it wrong? Like, cause like everyone's saying like it was, like uh, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow was like the best episode ever."
2: I think they're just focusing on the end. That's what I said. I don't think yeah, they're focusing on how we got to that. I know. And people my- didn't like the episode before that because it was like, "Where's the action? We're just sitting around talking." Oh my gosh,
0: that was a brilliant yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah. My wife watched um, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, and without being like too much of a truckie, I mean, she didn't like last week's episode. And then I started like, you know, doing Inside Baseball with her about like Trek stuff, and she's like. Oh, yeah, that was not a good episode.
3: <laughs> well,
1: anyway. what's happening to them, those poor misguided people? I don't know, man. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> well,
0: I need to like actually like get with like the marketing team and like talk about Twitter polls because we don't have one this week either. Wow. I know. Eric is dying over there. He's a sad panda. Wow. Yeah. Boo frickety hoo.
1: <laughs> How could you deny him of all of his great things? I, I, get,
2: I get to do my little voice that you're denying me.
0: <laughs> That's the real reason I'm kidding.
3: <laughs>
0: no, we'll have to do like a mega poll where there's like five. Like, there's five polls, and we go through all five polls in, like, one episode. Thumbs up from Eric. There we go. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs way
2: up? <laughs> no, just up. Not way up. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Well, gents, as always, thanks for the conversation. We are... Like I said last time, we are quickly approaching um, episode 200 episodes of this thing, and... I gotta admit, like I never thought that this show would, like, get past like twenty episodes, and here we are about to do ten times that. It's it's just it's crazy to me, absolutely crazy to me. So we'll we'll have like a like a special episode two hundred or whatever, or whatever the the second one hundred or I think is what we call it. we call the first one hundred like the first one hundred. So we'll see. Anyway, guys, thanks as always for that. And all y'all in Listenerland, thanks for tuning in. And uh, tell your friends about it. If you're enjoying this, like if you're enjoying our conversation and how we're talking about these episodes, you know, tell a friend about it. In fact, grab their phone and just, you know, subscribe them to the show so that whenever they open, like, you know, Spotify or Stitcher or, you know, whatever is on their phone, like, hey, what's this? This It's the greatest Star Trek podcast ever. That's what this is. automatically get episodes. I mean, it's great. It's great. Um, anyway, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do that. Make sure you open up handling frequencies and entering coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com, um, where you can share your thoughts about the show, future ideas, things of that nature, or just to say, Hey, we'd love that. We've had that with a few folks, by the way, just saying, Hey, um, doing a good job, that sort of thing. Uh, of course, if you want to um, leave a voice-only transmission, you can do that too. Enter in coordinates to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before we forget who you are. So make sure you say who you are so we don't forget. Um, other than that, if you want to mail us something, like a cool little necklace um, to help lost sailors get home, I would totally dig that, By way, I think that's pretty cool. Um, make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455 Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.